This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to the first Academy Show podcast of the new season on the Blood Red channel. For first-time listeners, it's a podcast that looks at the latest from Liverpool's under-18 and under-23 teams. And to help me do that, I'm joined by writer, broadcaster, big Liverpool fan and a regular over at Kirby, Matt Addison. Matt, how are you doing, mate? Very good, thanks, mate, yeah. Good to have you on. Uh, but before we get stuck into the under-18s and under-23s as a supporter and as a contributor to our post-game podcast, uh, what have you made of the first team start to the season? Yeah, I mean, well, you, you look back at the summer and there was all those concerns about transfers and do Liverpool have the squad depth and the season that we've had, three out of three in the Premier League, a trophy under our belt already. Um, it, it's all going swimmingly well. Hopefully we get Alisson back soon, but certainly the way it's going, it looks like a Liverpool-Manchester City title race once again. Um and, you know, it's fantastic to watch as a fan, as a journalist, as a neutral probably as well. And, and hopefully that can continue for the next few months. Definitely, mate. No doubt we'll be hearing lots more from you as the season goes on on the post-game podcast. That's uh, the podcast we do after every first team game home and away. But yeah, we are here to talk about the under-18s and under-23s. And uh, probably a big news story this week is uh, the first team squad had a day off on Monday. They were back in on, on Tuesday. And if people who are listening to this have not seen the pictures, one of the players pictured training at Melwood. With the first team was a 17-year-old midfielder, Leighton Clarkson. Uh, I know him as a member of the Liverpool team that won the FA Youth Cup back in April. But can you just tell us a little bit more about what kind of player he is and, and what, what this means for him? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's only 17, Clarkson. Um, he comes from Blackburn in Lancashire. Uh, so he's he's not quite a local lad, but not too far away. Um, he's been doing fantastically well as he's come through the system. Um, he he kind of plays as a, a kind of number six, more of a, a Jordan Henderson number six than a Fabinho. Um, very good on the ball, brilliant eye for a pass, as one or two of those under-18s players have got. Um, and yeah, I mean, for for him to be training with the first team at 17, you know, I, I'm pretty sure he's a, a Liverpool fan as well. Um, growing up so for him it's it's absolutely fantastic um, he, he shortly turns 18 so you know he'll be looking for even more chances to, to train with the first team in the coming weeks um, I know Paul Gorst has, uh, has reported that he's been training for a few days now with the the, uh, the first team as, as they build up to the Burnley game at the weekend and I mean what an experience for him to learn from the likes of Henderson and Fabinho and whoever else yeah, there's some great pictures and he was like, I think, doing his stretches and pushes with Fabinho. Like, wow, what an experience that must be through him. But it really does like further demonstrate Klopp's commitments to bringing academy players into the fold. We're not like saying Clarkson's going to play for the first time anytime soon. Fingers crossed he does. But it's clear that he wants to integrate them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Liverpool, you know, as much as the first team is at a really high level, Jurgen Klopp's shown in the past. We saw Keanu Herver last season. He was only 17 and when, when he came in and played against Wolves, um, there's, there's certainly pathways for these, these first team players. And Trent Alexander-Arnold, of course, not that long ago that he was a similar age to Clarkson. Not many people saw his development going quite as quickly. I mean, obviously everyone knew he was a fantastic prospect, but you know, it just goes to show that if you are training with the first team and you do impress, Jurgen Klopp will throw you in. And if you impress, then that's where you'll stay. How important do you think it'll be to have that first team and academy, you know, soon to be on the same site at Kirby? I think it's next year, isn't it, that when yeah. everything will be done. You know, that that must be a big boost to, to the academy, to knowing that Klopp and his first team coaching staff are just the pitch away rather than, you know, miles across the city. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's, it's something that Jurgen Klopp said as soon as he came in at Liverpool. You know, th- this is something that we should have done a long time ago. Um, I, I totally agree. I mean, if, if the players can come in and, and train with the first team, let's say you know, someone 
Fabinho, for instance, comes in in a, in a morning um, and he's got a slight knock or he, he doesn't want to train fully for whatever reason, Jurgen Klopp can just go over to Neil Critchley and say, look, you know, we're one down for today. Can I just borrow whoever? Um, and, it, you know, it works for the first team because they don't lose out in terms of their training. It works for the youngsters. Uh, and just for them to go in every day and train alongside in the same place as that first team, you know, what a boost that would be to, to park your car, go up, alongside Jordan Henderson, the European Cup winning captain, <laughs> going to training, you know, when you're 16, 17, 18, you know, that's a, a fantastic confidence boost, if nothing else for them. Most definitely, mate. Just a quick word on another academy player before we get actually into the team itself is, is Bobby Duncan. We all know what a brilliant season he had for the under-18s last season and all the goals he scored and he scored for the first team in the summer as well, didn't he, in, in pre-season. And, and, and there has been interest in him from Fiorentina, specifically in Italy and we mentioned Paul Gorst our new Liverpool FC correspondent he did another story this week confirming that the club have got no intention whatsoever of selling or loaning Duncan but that it's, it's really interesting isn't it like big clubs like Fiorentina big big Serie A side are looking for a Liverpool at the moment what is a youth team striker? Yeah I mean he, he's obviously played during pre-season as you say but he's never made a proper competitive first team appearance and yet you know, I, I saw some stories, I'm not sure how accurate they are, that Fiorentina wanted to pay 10 million quid for him. Wow. You know, for, <laughs> for an 18-year-old kid who's, who's not kicked a ball for the first team yet. Um, obviously, he's impressed a lot over the last couple of seasons. Um, but yeah, it, it just goes to show how good this group of, of Liverpool youngsters are. I mean, Bobby scored, I think, 32 goals and got something like 22 assists last season. Wow. And that was his debut season for the club. Um, it, they'd signed him the previous season from Manchester City. Um, but yeah, I mean, for, for him to come in and have that impact straight away, it, it probably shouldn't be a surprise that, that clubs are taking a look at him. It is a massive positive, but it's a bit of a dichotomy as well, isn't it? Because as we were saying earlier, Jurgen Klopp will give these players a chance if you're good enough, you're young enough. It doesn't matter about age, but the problem for lads like Bobby Duncan and, and Clarkson and, and Glatzel and, you know, LaRucci and all these great players that are bubbling under the surface of Liverpool, it's just getting into the first team, isn't it? Given you're going to have to dislodge a world-class player. I think Alex Inglethorpe has said it uh, in a recent interview. I mean, that is the, the standard they've got to do now. It's not like they're just trying to move out a senior player, trying to move out a world-class player yeah I mean it is really important actually what Alex Inglethorpe has been saying because he made the point that an 18 19 year old Mo Salah wouldn't get into this Liverpool no, team no and yet you look at him now a few years down the line and he's a fantastic player so I mean for these players obviously their dream is to play for Liverpool as soon as possible but if they have to go somewhere else and then come back or go out on loan for a couple of seasons and, and then come back then that that might be how it is um, but yeah it's it's just so difficult because Purely and simply because there's so many of them who are, you know, at, at a fantastic level. There's so many players that Liverpool at the moment rate really highly. So many coming through. We've obviously seen Duncan and Glatzel impress last season. Uh, we're going to come on to the under-18s. There's a few in that group as well. Um, but yeah, there's just so many players. You can't integrate them all at once. So it's going to be interesting to see who can grab that chance when it arises. I think it's a really great point, mate. And I think a good example of that is Harry Wilson, isn't it? Like we've discussed him many times on this podcast. And again, he was a big talking point in the summer. Like, will he get his chance? Will he get his chance? And I think Liverpool have probably struck the right balance, haven't they? You know, by loaning him out to a good competitive Premier League club like Bournemouth and maybe he's not quite ready for the Liverpool squad this season but surely if he makes an impression at Bournemouth like it looks like he is with his unbelievable goal against Manchester City at the weekend he's going to come back a better player isn't he and hopefully more ready for the first team here yeah I mean 
I, I wasn't too sure during the summer whether it was the right decision to let him go or not. But the way he started at Bournemouth, you, you kind of think it, it probably was. Um, for a, a young player, obviously, they have to be playing week in, week out, and they have to prove themselves at Premier League level. Um, and he, he wasn't going to get into the team, as you say, ahead of Salah or Mane or whoever. Um, so he would have to then come off the bench. Would he be happy with that? Probably not. I mean, th- there's been times this season already where, say, Adam Lallana has not made the Liverpool substitutes bench and that kind of shows you yeah. where Liverpool are at at the moment. So if, if he's not going to make it, then is Harry Wilson necessarily? Probably not. Um, but yeah, the, the way he started, I mean, that free kick against Man- uh, yeah Manchester City, it was, wasn't it? Um, absolutely fantastic. I mean, anybody who watched him for Derby County last season would have seen that a few times and hopefully he can go on and maybe get 10, 12 goals for Bournemouth this season. I think that would be a, a fantastic return. Agreed. He's certainly... Uh... Gone well past under twenty three football now, Harry Wilson. There's no no question about that. He showed it at Hull, he showed it at Derby, and uh, he, he looks like he's shown it at Bournemouth. But let's concentrate on the under twenty threes now. Uh, it wasn't until Monday that they got the season up and running with a four two win at Southampton. We'll come to that game in a in a little moment. But three games in, how have you assessed how they've done so far? Um, well, it's always difficult to assess the under twenty threes. I mean, it's a it's a strange mixture of of players and new players coming in from either from abroad, say Sepp Vandenberg has come in and, and done quite well so far. They've got players moving up from the under-18s. Lots of those that won the FA Youth Cup last season have come in um, and joined Neil Critchley's team. So it, it's kind of a case of fusing them all together, working out which players play best with which and which ones can play in the system and, and which ones need to be developed a bit first. Um, but yeah, as you say, it was a, a bit of an indifferent start to the season, shall we say. Um, the first couple of games, they, they played Oldham um, in the EFL Trophy. Uh, so that was a senior team that they were up against. Found it really difficult, but did really well. They ended up losing 3-2, uh, but it was it was purely a case of experience. Oldham knew how to see the game out at the end, and, and Liverpool got a little bit frustrated. Uh, so I'm sure Neil Critchley would have been perfectly happy with the performance, just needed to be a bit more clinical in places. Um, but the, the first Premier League 2 uh, game of the season, they ended up losing 4-0 against Tottenham. Um, 4-0 was a very harsh result, I would say. Um, it was more to do with the finishing and, and a game being clinical, a couple of mistakes at the back creeping in as well. They then lost 3-0 to Chelsea, which probably raised a few more eyebrows, especially after that start to the season. <laughs> um, but it is worth saying that Antonio Rudiger and Michi Batshuayi were both playing for Chelsea. <laughs> not so bad, is it? <laughs> not, not bad. Not bad to have in your under-23s <laughs> team, no. Um, but yeah, as you say, a 4-2 win against Southampton. Um, I'm sure all of the players, all of the staff would have been delighted to get that first win under the belt. Um, some early, early teething problems defensively, just getting players settled into the team, but... I'm sure over the next few weeks that'll get sorted out and, and they'll start to pick up a few more results. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Let's focus on that Southampton game for a moment then. It sounded like Harvey Elliott, uh, the summer signing from Fulham, who had some impressio, impressive cameos, you should say, in in the pre-season programme, played a big part in the win. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's come in and I actually spoke to Neil Critchley a couple of weeks ago and, and he was saying, you know, he's, he's so impressed with how He's integrated into the team. He's become a big part of that squad. He's obviously training with the first team a lot of the time, which makes it even more difficult. So when he does join up with the under-23s, he's, he's sort of, as a 16-year-old, it's probably it's crazy, isn't it? quite difficult to, <laughs> yeah. to sort of imagine that. But um, yeah, he's, he's integrated really well into the team. He's settled down really nicely, um, enjoying his football, playing really well. 
Um, managed to get himself on the score sheet uh, so far. I think he's only netted once, but I'm sure he'll increase that tally. Um, and yeah, Liverpool are delighted the way with the way he started, and hopefully he can kick on again. Another player who's uh, off the mark for the season is is Ryan Brewster. Really nice left-footed finish, wasn't it, against Southampton on Monday? And obviously, in a way, given there was such a lack of senior transfer activity in the summer, there was a lot of focus on the youngsters. And I say they are high, highly promising crop, and probably Brewster's like the, the pick of that. And there was that expectation that he may even start the season in the first team or in the first team squad, given players like Mane were coming back so late from uh, international duty. But it does look like he's going to have a spell with the under-23s. But, you know, that's surely going to be beneficial for him because kind of tend to forget he had such a long time out of the game, didn't he, last year? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he just needs to be playing football now. Um, obviously, Liverpool are not going to loan him out or anything like that because I think we'll, we're recording this on Wednesday morning. We're going to get the Carabao Cup draw later tonight. Yeah, true. Um, yeah. Potentially, he could be one that, that plays in that. Um, but, yeah, in terms of his start to the season... He looked a little bit rusty, which, as you say, after a long injury, it's not a massive surprise. Um, but he's been linking up well with his teammates. He's only scored the once, as much as a, of a good finish it was. You know, he'll be wanting to build on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, for him, after the pre-season that he had, he would have enjoyed that. After the recovery from injury, he, he's just glad to be on the pitch, basically. Um, if he can put together a run for the under-23s, I'm sure he can fire them to a few more wins. And then, who knows, he might find himself on the bench for a Premier League game. And from there, as we've discussed before, if you take your chance, that's where you'll stay. Do you admire Klopp? Not as uh, speaking as a journalist, as a broadcaster, but as a, a supporter of the fact that, you know, he won't put roadblocks in the way of people like Brewster. He won't put roadblocks in the way of, like, Keanu Hoover and Vandenberg. Like, he, he's not just signing these players, which, with the greatest respect to someone like Chelsea, just seems to be like a decorative signing. Don't need to win the FA Youth Cup to win the Under-23 League. But, it's clear he doesn't want to just go and sign another striker because that's just another player getting in the way, say, like Brewster. Yeah, I mean, there's, with there's so many players coming through at the moment, it it would have been a bit daft for Jurgen Klopp to go and, and sign somebody just for the sake of it. Um, I think he's got so much faith in Rian Brewster and everyone everyone who, who's seen him play and, and seen him in training, behind the scenes, his attitude, the way that he performs, even away from the cameras, you know, as he's come through the system, he's always given 100%. And at Liverpool, it's all about development more than winning at that level. Obviously, they did win the Youth Cup last season, but if you can develop as a player and prove yourself, then I think there's absolutely no reason for Jurgen Klopp to go out and buy somebody to replace you. As you say, Chelsea, we've seen it. They had something like 50 players out on loan last <laughs> yeah. season. And I mean... It's took a transfer embargo to actually start playing some, yeah, hasn't it? Well, exactly. And as we've seen, Mason Mount has come back from his loan and he's been absolutely fantastic. Tammy Abraham got the winner, I think, against Norwich last weekend. Um, so that strategy does pay off if, if you are prepared to put faith in it. And I mean, we've, we've seen speculation that Dayan Lovren could move on this summer. Potentially Liverpool will cash in on him between now and the end of the window uh, across Europe, purely because they've got so much faith in these youngsters coming through. If it came to it, then Keanu Hover, Sepp Vandenberg, potentially. Jurgen Klopp would be more than happy to play them or, or do something else with his system to make sure that Lovren can leave if he's not going to play and he's not going to block the rest of these players who are coming through. 
I suppose the pathway to the first team is, especially if Lovren goes, it's a bit clearer for the two Dutch lads you talk about. They're probably a player who's got it a bit harder, given the vast amount of options in midfield is, is Curtis Jones. But he's been on the scene for a while now, but we forget he's only 18 and he's had the honour of being named as the new captain for the under-23s, which is, if I think most people listening to this podcast will be aware that he's a Liverpool fan, born and bred. I think he was born in the city centre. You know, there is the sentimental aspect to this. Wow, captain in the under-23s, your hometown club. But, you know, he's some player as well, isn't he? And it must have been a big honour for him, for, for Neil Critchie, to give him the armband. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely deserved. I mean, Neil Critchley absolutely loves him. If if you hear him talk about him, you can you can just see the smile on his face. He's such a good player. He's, he's a, a local lad, of course, and you always think maybe it means a little bit more to those players. But he's got this captaincy purely on what he's done in training, the ability that he's got. I still think he's got a tendency sometimes to hold on to the ball for one or two extra touches, but that's something that he'll learn and, and something that he'll develop. And it doesn't help, of course, that he's normally the best player on the pitch for the under-23s. So, as we've seen over the years, you know, players who are perhaps finding it a little bit too easy, maybe that's their tendency. Maybe this season he'll stay, he'll captain the under-23s, perform really well. Maybe next season he goes out on loan and that's the next step for him. But certainly he's... He's one to watch over the next couple of years. Hopefully see him in action on Saturday night because Liverpool and the 23s take on Manchester City at Anfield uh, at 6pm kickoff. It's a bit of a shame about that one, you know, uh, given it clashes with the first team game at Burnley. But, you know, for anyone who's going along, uh, it should be a really good game. They might be watching the Burnley match on the phones at the same time. But Liverpool City, it's a, it should be a good match this one, shouldn't it? Yeah, as you say, it's a it's a big game. Um, it's a massive shame that it's at the same time as, as the first team. So anybody who's who's going to watch the first team, you can always follow the Echoes coverage. Uh, yeah. Connor Dunn and myself will be there. You will be, will be, will be there, there, won't you? Um, you will be so, there. Hopefully not watching Burnley on your phone. <laughs> no, no. All, all eyes on the Anfield pitch. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so you can follow along. I'm sure the Echo will put together some sort of live blog to keep you updated with that. Um, But yeah, it should be a fantastic game. It's a big test, obviously, Manchester City. We know a a fantastic team at youth level. Um, Yeah, another opportunity for the players to play at Anfield. Sadly, there's not going to be a massive crowd, I wouldn't think, because of that first team game. But as we keep saying, you know, it's another big chance for these players to show that in the big stadium they can turn up, they can put on a performance and, and hopefully get a result. Because you know better than me, mate, having watched a lot of under-23 football, it, it, there's no question it's a massive step up from whatever, wherever you play into the Football League, into the Premier League. But it's Anfield, isn't it? You know, for people like Harvey Elliott, it'd be the first time he stepped out onto the, you know, the famous turf. It must be really get you excited as a young player getting a chance to do that. Yeah, I mean, from the outside, you might look at it and go, well, it's under-23 football, it, it doesn't mean as much. But I'm sure if you ask Harvey Elliott, What's he thinking? He's thinking, I have absolutely got to be in that starting 11 on Saturday <laughs> yeah. night. He's going to be absolutely up for that game. And, and Sepp Vandenberg as well, probably. It'll be his first start at Anfield. Um, so for the pair of them and, and for the rest of the players as well, it, it's a big honour. You know, at, at that age, you, you can't take it for granted that you're going to play at Anfield again. This might be the big chance to, to real put down a real marker, essentially, um, for these players. Um, so yeah, it, it'd be really interesting to see how they cope. Um, obviously, Harvey Elliott's played for for Fulham's first team at the age of fifteen, so you'd imagine that he can. Mind boggling, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you, you, you'd imagine that he'll be able to cope with that. But uh, even so, you know, it's another big step for him. It's his boyhood club. It's, it's something that he'll have been dreaming about for the last however many years, and and hopefully he can put in a decent performance. So you can follow yours and Connor Dunn's going along as well, yep. isn't he? Coverage from Anfield, keep an eye on that, along with obviously the first team match at Turf Moor. But 
we have a bit of a break after this, don't we? You know, the first team players all go off with their respective countries for international duty and the under-23s likewise have, have got a fortnight off. But when they return to action, they'll be involved in the EFL Trophy, which you mentioned earlier. The, the first group game ended in a, a pretty unfortunate 3-2 defeat at Oldham. And I know Premier League clubs' involvement in the competition has, has been controversial. I, I'm not sure if the, the lower league clubs particularly think it's a good idea, but personally speaking, I think it's a great idea for the under-23 players of Category 1 academies because it, there's nothing like it, is there? You know, there, there is, there's just nothing like going up against men's football. No, I mean, as we said before, that Oldham game, it was a real test for the players physically and, and sort of and mentally as well because they've never played at that level before. They've never had sort of crowd like they would have played up against. Um, and, and yeah, it's uh, Accrington, Stanley next, I think, and then Fleetwood Town possibly the other way around. Um, but yeah, two more big tests for the players and it's absolutely invaluable that they get that experience. If they're not going to go out on loan, then you need some way of sort of bridging that gap between under-23s football and the first team. And this to me seems like the perfect idea. Perhaps, as you say, not for the, not for the lower league clubs, but certainly from a Premier League perspective, I can't fault it. Agreed. Well, we've uh, talked a lot about the under-23s there. In most of the academy show podcast towards the back end of the last season. It was the under-18s who had top billing, given, you know, they were in the title race, weren't they? And given they won the FA Youth Cup, like we mentioned earlier, and it, it really was an incredible season. Uh, but a number of those players, as we were speaking before we pressed record on this conversation, have graduated into the under-23s, leaving the manager, Barry Luters, with a, a pretty much changed new-look side, but it just seemed to be uh, as entertaining as ever. It's been some start to the season for them. Yeah, I mean, Barry's second season at the club has kicked off exactly the way the first one ended. Obviously, the, the first game of the season, they won 7-1. Then there was a 3-2. <laughs> the last one was a one all, but, you know, you take that after those first two. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's been entertaining. It's been full of goals. Loads of players have stepped up as well. I mean, Leighton Stewart's got a big, big opportunity this season. It's a big challenge for him to match what Paul Glatzel and Bobby Duncan did last season. Um, but so far, he seems to be doing that. Got two goals on the first game, another goal in the second game, so... Certainly started off on the right track. Um, And as you say, there's a a few players who've moved up from the 18s to the 23s this season. A new look side, but it also means that players like Matteo Ritaccio, the uh, American youth international, he was somebody who maybe didn't get the opportunities for the under-18s last season. This season, I think he's going to be integral. So it's a, a big opportunity for him, a big challenge for all the players, big challenge for the manager as well to integrate them and put them together. But so far, so good, I think. And on Saturday, the under-18s take on Manchester United at Kirby. I think it's an 11am kick-off, so a bit of a triple header for Liverpool this coming weekend. And under-18 games against Manchester United, if memory serves me correctly, can be quite feisty at first, can't they? It's not just uh, restricted to first-team matches between the clubs. Yeah, certainly uh, an early taste of the rivalry for the players. Um, I'm not sure who the referee is going to be, but he's going to have to be on his toes, I think. Um, last season possibly the season before as well. Maybe when Gerard was in charge, wasn't it? Yeah, there's a couple of red cards in one game. There's there's usually a few goals as well. Um, I remember, I think it was last season, Mason Greenwood, who's obviously now stepped up to the first team. I think he scored a a free kick against Liverpool. So two fantastic teams. It's a fantastic rivalry at first team level and hopefully we see a bit more of that on Saturday. Should be a tasty one. It's good, isn't it? I've I've done under-18 games and under-23 games in my time. Like for the, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this who, who may live in the area who may not have been down to care, but we can go along and watch, can't you? You know, It's a big game, this. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, a big game. It should be a, a decent crowd down there. 
Um, so as a little warm up for the first team game later on, why not go down? Just make sure that you've got your ID with you so you, you can get into the stadium. But um, yeah, it's all undercover as well. So if it is raining, you're not going to get wet. Um, and hopefully it'll be a, a really good game to watch. Perfect for your Saturday morning, I'd say. Good stuff, Matt. People who want to follow you uh, and your coverage, brilliant coverage of the academy. You're on Twitter, aren't you? At Matt Addison 97. That correct? Yeah, that's correct. And you've also started your own YouTube channel as well. I have indeed. All the uh, details for that are across my social media. So Twitter uh, and Instagram are both the same. Um, have a look on there, and you will find the link to that. Um, so it's kind of um, my coverage, my perspective on the academy sides, um, some match videos, vlogs, behind the scenes stuff some big plans in place for the, the coming season so make sure to give that a subscribe definitely I totally agree and uh, again just a reminder to follow Matt and Connor's coverage from Anfield on Saturday nights for the under 23 game against Manchester City thanks again for coming in mate we'll no catch problem. up again in the next few weeks you've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo